0: Well, praise Jesus. Get your Bibles out this morning, church. And just throw that baby open. Because I don't know where I'm going to, to go first. Okay, so I want to I wanna just go over some things this morning. Because I don't want y'all to think I'm a doomsdayist or anything like that. I am not a doomsdayist, I'm a nothing but a Bible preacher. Amen? I believe the Word of God's true. How could I be a doomsdayist, right? if uh if 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 i'm killed i'm going to heaven if the rapture of the church comes i'm going to heaven if i'm all wrong on everything and i go through the worst of the tribulation i'm going to die and go to heaven no matter what i'm going to heaven all right i got it made bless god are you all happy about that are you happy you're going to heaven okay so, I'm not a doomsdayist, but you know, I, I do study the Word. I've, I've read the Word. I love the Word. I go through the Word all the time. I listen to other Bible teachers, and I try to... Man, there's a lot of crazy things out there, church. Listen to me. Just because somebody got on the Internet and has a podcast, that does not mean that they're full of truth, all right? got to watch it. And so, as I see things developing in the world, I feel a responsibility as a pastor of this church to, 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 to prepare you all to get you... You know, I, I want y'all to be aware of things going on because there may be things going on that you're not noticing. All right? Now, obviously, we can all look at America and say America over the last eight years has really dramatically changed. Can I have an amen? Okay? Not my fault, not your fault. Whatever, it's other people's fault, but it's dramatically changed. I have told you all this from the beginning, that everything you see going on, it's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's it's not about progressives and, and conservatives. This is about good and evil. This is about the end times. This is about what is coming about, prophesied, In the scriptures happening, the Bible said in the last days there were going to be events take place. We see events taking place that fit those uh, uh, prophecies or those biblical scriptures, okay? So it's not like it's their fault or our fault or that one's fault or whatever. It is the time we're in. you got to wake up and see this. you got to wake up and understand that the Bible prophecies are being fulfilled right now, all right? And if you, you, you study it, I'm not going to sit around and argue because you get into all kinds of theological discussions about, well, you know, the church is here and we all leave in pre-trib. Then no, 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 it's mid-trib. No, it's post-trib, you know. And I'm just like, well, really, I have my belief. I show you what the Word says. I teach you what the Word says. But the bottom line is I ain't arguing over that stuff. The deal is how many people can we get to heaven? That's our job. That's our responsibility. How many people can we influence and get to heaven? Okay? That's all you're responsible for. Your family, your friends, your job is not, I can tell you, I don't, don't, get, don't get sad if you've had this dream, that you were the one to reveal the revelation of the end time prophecy to the world. I can probably guarantee you we're not in this room. Our job is to get our families saved, to get people to know Jesus, to help people, to pick people up on the side of the road who are hurt, wounded, bruised. Help them get going on down the pathway, get going forward. That's your job, to tell people uh, that Jesus is real, to smile, to show forth the light of Christ to the world when you're going and buying your groceries and complaining about how much they cost, right? Don't get mad at the clerk. Not her fault ringing them up. Okay? Look to buy somebody else's groceries. You say, oh, pastor, I don't know if I could do that. Well, believe God. I'm just saying these are days, this is what we need to be doing. Listen, the troubles, the woes, the wars, the rumors of wars, the famine, the pestilence, all that, it's going to happen whether you're worried about it or not. you worried about it, trying to chew your fingernails off, trying to figure out so should I invest in gold? Listen to me, I'll be honest with you. Okay? I'll be honest with you. And I could be wrong, and that's why I'm not your financial advisor. Jesus is. But I don't think you're going to be, make any difference whether you've got dollar bills or you got gold. I think it's all going down the swirl really fast. All right? I could be wrong. Y'all could be sitting here saying, I heard this idiot preacher back when I was a kid. All right? I mean, it it could go on. I, I, I'm not going to predict the end time. I'm not going to say we're going to be out of here in three years. I'm not going to. That's not my job. My job is to show you what the Word of God says. But I see something going on. Okay, right now, in there is a spirit, a demonic spirit that's been working. It really got turned loose during COVID, to where it changed everything. Everybody began to be an operator of fear. Everything was about fear, okay? I don't like doing anything based upon fear. You hear me? Although I do, all right? I do do some things in fear. I bought shells more than I should have ever bought because I didn't know if they were going to go away. And so I've got more boxes of shells than if I would normally shoot in a year in my shelf and it's kind of ridiculous when you look at it every now and then. I got 10 boxes of shells of a certain caliber that I never, was sh- hadn't shot that gun in 20 years, but I got 10 boxes of shells for it, just might need them. You say, well, that's just, that's just crazy. I'm not in fear anymore because I got 10 more boxes of shells for that deal. <laughs> so I solved my fear problem by just buying more boxes of shells. Okay? So anyway. My point is, I don't want to be manipulated by fear. But even though there are certain things that I do do <laughs> based out of fear, okay? Normally, I would have never worried about it because they were always available. But what if they weren't? So therefore, fear moved me into a situation, and I did something. You all with me? Okay. But there's this spirit of fear, and it's trying to move and motivate people. And every time, it's, it's, it's the next big catastrophe The next big catastrophe, it's it's always woes. And I'm telling you, we can't live like that. Jesus called us to live in peace. In this world, you'll have tribulation. John 16, 33. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He wants us to be living in peace. He said, I said these words to you so you'd have peace. So peace is what we need to be seeking. Right? That's what we need to be seeking is peace. So... I, I, I was looking at a, I was looking at the Declaration of Independence because I woke up and I, I heard this word in my head. These truths are self-evident. And I said to the Lord, you know, it seems to me kind of odd that today there's certain things that I just, I mean, I see they're blatantly wrong. But nobody else seems to think they're wrong. The world I'm talking about. Churches, preachers. I mean, Difference on politics, that's one thing. But when you start just taking the word of God and dividing it up in such a way where I'm just like, man, that's pretty evident that you're wrong, right? And so, so I started talking to Lori, which made me think about where did I get that self-evident from? And I went back and I was reading the Declaration of Independence, thinking about, isn't it interesting that when we broke away from, from the English that we wrote this document called the Declaration of Independence, and in it... We put this line in there. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. In other words, I mean, let's put it in our language, right? Anybody ought to see this is right, right? I mean, it sounds prettier to say these truths to be self-evident. But I mean, it's like, come on, you know that's right. That all men are created equal. And that they're endowed by their creator. Oh, so they recognize God as their creator. And said that was something that was self-evident. You see what I'm saying? They, I mean, that they're just like, what? You don't believe that God's the creator? What? I mean, this is self evident. It's it's obvious. <clears throat> it's obvious, is what they're saying. And they created with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So they had the, the founders were saying, this is obvious. This is the right thing. So they live by that. They gave their lives up for that. Right? Well, church, we're going to have to get to the place in life that you have self-evident truths within you that no matter how crazy everything else looks, you can stand up and say, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. It's obvious you're wrong and this is right. And they can't take it from you. They can't take it from you. Right now on the internet, there is um, information going out to say that Israel is wrong for attacking Hamas. And I say, it's obvious. It's a self-evident truth, what Israel has put up with. And I wouldn't have put up with it. I mean, folks... If a fox is getting in your hen house and he keeps getting in your hen house, you don't go out there and try to parlay with the fox. You don't say, okay, listen, I'll tell you what I'll do. Let me buy a few more hens, and then, you know, you get one. You can have a hen uh, every month. I'll give you a hen. You don't parlay with the fox. You shoot the fox. It's self-evident. You don't go and say, okay maybe we should start reintroducing more foxes so that then they will have more friends and then the friends will make friends and then they won't eat my hens. You don't come up with crazy, bizarre thinking like this. Hello? But in America, you do. In America, if you cheat to get into college, you go to jail. But if you cheat and come across the border you get college free, <clears throat> parlaying with the fox. And I don't even want to get started down that road. But you understand what I'm saying. There are truths that are self-evident that you just look at and you say, look, it's obvious the fox has to go if I'm going to keep hens. And you don't say, okay, well, we'll let the fox just do what the fox wants to do because then... Um, Uh, You're not going to get eggs, but I guess I'll just have to give up eggs and I'll just eat bread. Are y'all following me here? That's what the world is asking Israel to do. Now, you got to understand something with me. I can tolerate a lot, but I cannot tolerate abusive children. That's why I've always had such a heart for rescuing orphans. And the minute you mess with children, you're off. I wrote your name down in my book and struck a line through it, and you ain't getting that line back off you're out okay and that's right and so i'm gonna tell you something that's where everything crossed the line there all right but there's people trying to say israel caused it and what i'm saying to you is see folks have gotten so deluded in life they don't even see the self-evident truths you have to have self-evident truths from the word of god in your life that you in these days are going to get worse, church. I'm telling you, it's not going to get better. Your foundations are going to be shaking more and more. It's all part of the end time. It's all part of us getting closer to going home to be with Jesus, okay? So don't get discouraged. Don't get in despair. I'm just trying to prepare you for what's coming, okay? Take the woman who who had the issue of blood, and and she knew Jesus was there, and she snuck through the crowd, right? If she would have been... Found out she would have been stoned. She would could have died trying to get to Jesus. But it was a self-evident truth to her. She needed to get to Jesus for her healing. Right? So she snuck through the crowd no matter what the cost was. Get there to touch the hem of his garment and boom, she was healed. How about blind Bartimaeus? He was a beggar sitting on the street. Everybody told him to be quiet. He yelled all the more to get to Jesus. It was a self-evident truth for Blind Bartimaeus, to get to Jesus is his answer. You've got to have these in life, okay? You've got to have them in your life. <clears throat> so I have ten for you. These are my ten. You can pick out your own other ten. I'm going to share my ten with you, and then you can write them down. You can get these, make sure these truths are in your life, and you can then hang on to it, okay? The very first one. It's a simple one. Dwayne Hillis preached this message here once before, and he he really he preached that God is good and the devil's bad, and uh, it's a great message, but I want to tell you the very first truth you have to know in life is God is absolutely good. Folks, there is, a, there is a, a, a spirit out there trying to woo people into saying that God is not always good. He can be good, but then he may be a bad day and he may be bad. In other words, he he may be he may be uh, yeah he's for you, but then again he might want to throw cancer on you and try to kill you and see if you can tolerate it. That's out there, folks. That's out there. You got to have it in your heart that God is good and God only has good for you. It's got to be in your heart. And Exodus 33 would be where you'd go in your Bible. Exodus 33:18 would be our first scripture. It says, he said, please show me your glory. Moses is talking to the Lord, talking to Almighty God. He says, show me your glory. And then he said, I'll make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion to whom I will have compassion. When God showed himself to Moses, the first thing he said, I want to let my goodness pass before you. Now, you got to understand something. God is absolutely good, right? But... There comes a time, there comes a time when the wrath of God will be poured out on all those who will not accept his goodness. That doesn't mean God's a bad God. That means God is absolutely good to you who want to serve him. But if you don't want to serve him, the flip side of the coin is the tail, not the head. Hello? But that doesn't mean God's bad. I'm on God's good side. It's a miracle. I'm not on everybody's good side, but I'm on God's good side, not because I'm so good, not because I'm so perfect, not because I do everything right, but because the blood of Jesus is over my life. Woo, I love it. That's how His grace is to me, because the blood of Jesus speaking out over my life, saying, I, Robert's in, and I love it. See, I don't care about a big mansion when I get to heaven. I just want to get through the gate. I don't care if I'm sitting over in the corner, man, heaven is good. I want to be there, right? And I, when you know that and you have that revelation, you, I know God's for me. I know that I'm I'm highly favored by God. God loves me. And he said, Robert, I just don't know. You know, you don't do everything right, but the blood's speaking over my life. And my relationship with God is, man, I'm right with him, and it's a good way to live. I remember when I was a kid, boy, I got in trouble for something. Polly didn't do anything wrong, but just was... Wrongfully accused by my mother. I know she's watching. And I remember getting upset. And I was a, I was a young boy. And I was, I was outside and I was crying. And my old hound dog was up there licking the tears off my face. And my dog's name was Caesar. And I said, Caesar, nobody loves me but you. I can remember that. It's one of my earliest memories. But I want to tell you something. It's great to sit around and say, God, you love me. God, you're good. You only want good in my life. Okay. This has to be a self-evident truth in your life because there's going to be a, there's going to be things happen on this earth and they're going to be things change. There are going to be things that inconvenient you and, and maybe make your life not as convenient and comfortable as it was. And you're going to say, oh, God, why is this happening to me? You got to stop right then and say, oh, wait a minute, God, you only got good for me. Lord, where do you want me to go? I've always thought it was interesting that Elijah went by the brook and was fed by the ravens and, and taken care of, and then the brook dried up. And I'm like, well, God, you're God, why didn't you just make the brook keep running water? You already had the birds bringing him food. He was already there. He was comfy. Already got his camp set up. Then the brook dries up. Why didn't you just make the brook keep running? But there was a widow woman in Zarephath that he had to go to because God wanted to save that a widow woman. So, so, see, you may get inconvenienced somewhere and you may have to do some moving around, right? You may have to do some things that normally you didn't do, but that's okay. Look for the people around you who God wants to bless. That's the way God is. It's still good. He's still good. You said, well, I was more comfortable by the brook. Well, Tough. Quit looking at yourself and only your own comfort and start looking at how many people around us we can take to heaven with us. Folks, it's all that counts. All that counts right now is how many people can you influence for Jesus? How many people can you pray for? How many people can you can you help and love and, and, and assist through this life and this journey of life? How many can you help and assist? That's all that counts. I'm sorry. The dreams you may have and the, The the goals you may have set out there and all the things you may have put up there. I'm sorry, if they don't line up with the word of God, they're just your fleshly desires. Look at the person beside you and say, I just love it when pastor talks like this. James 1.13 says, let no man say that when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot tempt by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God is not doing anything evil right now. God is not. He is only out for good. You've got to get that in your heart. It's got to be your self-evident truth. The second one here, <clears throat> you're going to laugh. So you say this every service. I know it. The second one is simply this. If you do not have the Bible as your foundation stone, I don't know what you're standing on. Look, you cannot stand on church doctrine unless it's based on the Word of God. You can't say, well, as certain, certain denomination, we believe this, or certain, certain denomination, we believe that. I'm sorry. If it's not in the Word of God, if it's not the principle of the Word of God, and not some obscure scripture you pulled out and twisted around, I'm talking about a foundational truth of the Word of God. And if that is not in your life, folks, you don't have anything to stand on. Now, you take the Bible away from me, I got nothing. Okay? Then it's just my opinion, which I have been wrong several times. My wife says more, but at least a couple. I've made wrong decisions in life. I can't trust in me. I can certainly trust in Him, and I can trust in His Word. 2 Timothy 3.16 is a scripture for that. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's for profitable, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen to me. What's funny is we see things today. We see churches today taking the word of God and then twisting it to make it mean what they want it to mean for their purpose. Okay? And there's no way. It's not a self-evident truth that they did it. And you can't You can say, oh, look, I guess that's right. No, it's obvious it's wrong. Hello? Anybody who's ever read the Bible once in their life would know that it's wrong. Anybody that's truly saved and knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior would know it's wrong. How many of y'all in here uh, have livestock? Raise your hand. Okay. Now, in the livestock you have, because i a bunny rabbit. I'll call it livestock, okay? In the livestock you have, um, there's a thing called the law of nature y'all know that? And what happens in the law of nature? Bulls breed cows. Need I say more? It's self-evident. Everybody say self-evident. There's some things in life that are self-evident. And once you get out of the law of nature, you just have to look at it and say, this, this doesn't seem like it fits. It's self-evident. Evident. Well, listen to me. If you do the same thing with the Word of God, you can look and say, I don't know, that just doesn't seem right. It's not self-evident because the Word is pretty plain. Are you all with me? It's got to be your foundation rock. It's got to be your foundation stone. Now, I want to tell you something. If anybody ever comes and says, well, the Bible's full of mistranslations and all this. Well, I want to tell you something. There are some things, listen to me, being translated from the Hebrew Hey have y'all listened to any of the the uh, you know videos with like the Israeli forces and they're talking or or or, or Netanyahu is there encouraging the troops and listen to him speaking Hebrew have y'all anybody y'all listened to any of that <clears throat> you, can you understand why that language might not got exactly expressed correctly in English and you're like, really? That was encouragement? Everybody laughs. laughs. I'm like, yeah, there's a few things that it didn't get expressed the same. But the bake, the, I mean, 99.99% of it, the thoughts have been conveyed, and the words are so close, You we're talking about splitting hairs. But everybody comes and say, well, the, the Bible's not translated right. Let's just, let's just be honest. A demon has spoken to you and you really just don't want to read it and serve it because it doesn't fit your pleasure so therefore you've come up with this stupid idea. Let's just get down to the common lowest denominator here, right? A demon's talking to you and you just don't want to do what the word says. I don't like church. Churches are no good. I mean, churches are there now. Well, some, a bunch of them aren't. I mean, a bunch of them are. They're not good. Right? But that... The Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling ourselves together. We need to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to have Christian relationships. Okay? So that you can't just say, oh, well, I can just go out and under a tree and have church. Well, the, let's just talk, let's get down to the bottom line. You probably just don't want to be social and be around people because maybe you're hard to get along with and nobody can tolerate you. And the last time you were around somebody, they said they didn't, weren't friendly because you were ugly and you don't want to change. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, folks, people are coming up with things just because they don't want to do them. So they and they want to make themselves feel better. They twist this lie all around. And, but do you know how hard it is to live in a lie? It's hard to live in a lie. Because once you live in a lie, a lie produces something else. And then you have to remember the lie that you told about the lie so that you can... And keeping up with all that, it gets to be work. Because you can't remember who you lied to and who you didn't. And what lie you told them? But that's what happens to people. All right, let me go on. Number three. Philippians 1 and 6. A self-evident truth. All right? The self-evident truth is this. God has a good work started in you. Because Philippians 1 and 6 says, Be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now listen to me. <clears throat> We've all had... Somebody do something for us, whether you hired a carpenter to do a job or an electrician or, you know, the guy was going to put in a sound system in your house or something, and then they didn't get it done. They didn't get the job completed. Can I have an amen? That's humans. But let me tell you this. Jesus always completes everything he starts. So if he started a good work in you, he will complete it. The only thing that makes it take longer is... You getting in the way and not cooperating. But he'll get you no matter what. He'll complete the work in you no matter what. You can mess up a time and time and time again. He will still complete the work in you. Praise God. That's the other thing that makes me happy. Is I know that he's working out his work in me. And all I got to do is cooperate. John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Do you realize that God chose you? And that's why you're saved. He chose you, and he's going to finish that work in you. Everybody say, I'm chosen. Well, so that sounds kind of arrogant. <clears throat> no, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. God chose you. He chose to send Jesus to the cross so that He could redeem mankind and redeem you, and He chose you to be in Him. Amen? It's a self-evident truth. The fourth one. Now, 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful, who has established you and will guard you from the evil one. The fourth one is, is you have to understand something. God is faithful. You may not be, but God is faithful. Things may not have happened the way you thought they should have happened, Or in the timing that you thought they should have happened. But let me tell you something. God is faithful. He is a faithful God. He never, ever stops working on you. He never, ever is going to go back on his promises. God is faithful. He is going to complete everything there is. In Jeremiah 29 and 11, or the chapter 29 of Jeremiah, it's a sad story because it's a letter from Jeremiah. It's got great words to it. But Jeremiah is writing a letter to Israel who has been conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, and they are being all taken and exiled to Iran, Iraq, that area. Okay? Now, Jeremiah writes a letter and says, "Oh, Okay, listen. When you go over there, make sure and seek the peace of the city. Go ahead and get you, build your house and plant gardens and enjoy yourself and your family. Enjoy them. You're going to be there for 70 years. And then God says, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to scatter you out all over the nations. And I'm going to bring you back to this nation. And it's going to be your nation again. And this morning, my daily reading, I happened to be reading that. And I just reached over there and wrote 1948. From the book of Jeremiah prophesying that till it ha- the nation of Israel came back completed it was 1948. That's how long it took. It didn't happen until 1948. Don't you imagine there's been some Jewish people wondering why it hadn't come to pass quicker? Do you know that Israel is the only nation that ever had a nation, was conquered, dispersed, and then regained their nation? Another little tidbit that I learned the other day is the nation of Israel started in 1948. But did you know that Pakistan, Pakistan, you know the country of Pakistan? It was just carved off 10 years ago off of India and given to the people, the Muslim people of that area, and they changed the name and called it Pakistan. But it used to be India. It wasn't even their land. Does anybody come to say that Pakistan doesn't have the right, for, the right to their land? It wasn't a nation. There's not Pakistani people. I mean, there are now because it's a nation. But prior to that, there was no Pakistanis. Y'all all looking at me like I'm crazy. Go look at this. Go look it up, because of a just civil war, whatever. They just chopped it off the end of, of of India, boom, created Pakistan. <clears throat> but nobody says Pakistanis, the people that live in Pakistan, don't have the right to their land. But Israel's had theirs for three thousand years, or six thousand years, or however long you want. You want to look at it, ever since Abraham. Right? And then it's there since 1948, and then you're going to tell me they don't have the right to their land? You're a fool. Just go look at it. People don't want to look at things. They just want to come up and just pull things out of the air and make things up. But God's faithful to bring it to pass. Amen? Okay, number five. Y'all sure get quiet when I talk like that. I'm sorry if I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just trying to give you truth. Here's a self-evident truth, the fifth one. Okay? Faith in God is how we operate. As a Christian, according to Romans 1.17, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, the faith it is written, the just shall live by faith. The principal key of operation in the kingdom of God that you now are in is called faith. People say, well, I just have a hard time with faith. I want to, I believe it when I see it. Well, listen to me. You're just listening to demonic thoughts going through your head Quit talking like that. Learn what faith is about. Learn that you've got to trust God in what His promise said to you. Walk in it. Believe it. That's how we operate the kingdom of God. We don't operate by works. So many Christians want to operate by works and good deeds. We do not operate by works and good deeds. We do good deeds and we do works because it's a natural process of our life. But that's not how we operate. We operate by faith. Faith means you trust and believe in God at His word. Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Faith is how we operate. So if you're going to build any muscle in your life, build your faith muscle. So, it's not craziness to somebody to come up to you and say, well what are you doing? well I'm believing God oh well you're just crazy no that's how we operate. that's how Christians operate. we believe God we believe God to to, to, to bless our lives we believe God to move in our families we believe God to provide for us we believe God to, to 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 ever promise He said this word that's how we operate that's not crazy talk that's not delusional you don't get need to get sent to a a uh, 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 a reconstruction camp to get your thinking straight we operate by faith that's the principle of the word of God we're faith people well you just you just don't really want to accept the truth I mean god folks I'm telling you what I, I see such stuff out on the internet that makes me crazy that there's such lies going on just even just little lies just little bit of just a little bit of uh twisting to just try to get you off a little. You know, it doesn't have to get you off a whole lot. I mean, you don't have to go from being in church this morning to cutting up cats in your backyard and robbing liquor stores tomorrow to get you off. It's got to get you off a little, and you will miss the mark. Hello? So don't, don't, don't. Listen, those little things that get in your heart, those little those little it happened to you in life and those little things like that be careful of all that stuff it's just wanting to get you off be careful of thinking that keeps you in guilt you start living in guilt you're going to get off you're not going to do things function properly anger envy i had a person call me and ask me a question to try to help another person and i started chuckling they said why are you laughing i said well i'm just thinking you know i got a lot of things to think about in life, and I don't even know why anybody's even thinking along those lines. I mean, I ain't got time to think about all that. It was complicated theological question. I'm like, I mean, dear Lord, try to figure out how you're going to have enough money to buy groceries. I mean, now why aren't we thinking about this? But it's still something that that person was susceptible to that was trying to get them off track and off focus so that they couldn't hit the mark, couldn't go forward with God, because it was causing a question to be in their life about God. You follow what I'm saying? Church, sometimes these things that... Listen to me. You've got to understand something. You think you're so good. Now Y'all going to love this. You think you're so good. Listen to me. Demons influence you. No, they don't. I don't listen to devils. Okay, let me ask you. Have you got mad at anybody on the news lately? Have you heard someone that, that, that provoked you towards violence? Because the Bible says that the, 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 the flesh of man does not work the righteousness of God. If that has happened to you, you heard the wisp of a devil. I'm not saying you're demon possessed. I'm not saying you're demon oppressed. I'm not saying you need to go have a seance or an exorcism. I'm just simply saying you got a wisp. Just like walking outside, and you go, man, somebody's burning. You just get a whiff in the air. You don't see smoke, don't see anything. You just get the smell that wood's burning. Hello? That happens to us, it happens to every one of us. You got to watch it. Well, it's only going to get worse. I'm telling you, it's only going to get worse unless you have these self evident truths in your life that you quickly can run it through your spirit and say, okay, does it line up with this? Does it line up with this? Does it line up with this? No, it doesn't line up with that. Okay, you're out. That's a devil thought, right? And so this is just helping you today to try to get you a list going right there. And there's others you can put in. You can have a list, you know, a big, big, big list. But I'm just trying to point you in this direction so that when these shocking things happen, you can say, okay, let me run down my list. Oh, it doesn't line up. It's not God. Number six. How much time I got? Yeah, I'm not going to finish today. Here we go. Last one. Number six. Proverbs 23, 18. When I was a kid, I want to tell you this. And, and, and I probably already told you this once before, but when I was a kid, I, I was influenced by movies. Specifically, Roy Rogers. You know, the, he, I watched these on Saturday as a kid where Roy rides in. He beats up the bad guys, rescues the girl, and the end scene is they're riding off into the sunset. That did something in my psyche to where I just believe that's the way it should be, okay? But another movie that influenced me was The Battle of the Alamo, the old original, John Wayne. And there was a part in there where they're getting ready, ready and I guess when I saw it, I was young, when they're, the, the final attack's gonna happen and most of the men are knowing that they're gonna die, and there was one old, there was one person in there who stood up and he gave this, I mean, it's a sermon. When I've gone back and looked at it where he says, they ask him if, you, if, if he, what happens when you die? And one guy said, oh, you're dead like a dog. And he says, I don't. He said, I believe in a hereafter. I believe. And he, start, he goes off on this whole big speech. It was a kid that impacted me. Well, not until I got saved and started to read my Bible, did I come across... Proverbs 23, 18. He says, For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. That was the scripture that he quoted in the movie of the Alamo. And I didn't know it until after I got saved years later from us kid, you know, 15 years goes by. Folks, listen to me. There is a hereafter. There are people that think you die like a dog into the dirt. It's the end of life. But I want to tell you something. There is a hereafter. In John 14, 1, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. Hello? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that when you get there, your house is done. Folks, there is a heaven. And there's something worth living for. There is a heaven. And there's something worth living for. There is a hereafter. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. You are an eternal spirit. And man is going to live forever. He's going to live forever either in heaven or hell. It's going to be his choice. But you are headed to heaven if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. It's that simple. Not because you're so good. Not because you've done everything right but because Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. If you believe in what Jesus did, boom, heaven is your home. Woo! And I know it's going to be good. You know, we only get truth in heaven. There's no fake news. Hello? There's nobody saying, I wonder if that guy's sitting on the truth. No, no, no. It's all truth in heaven. Hello? It's going to be glorious. I had a guy one time tell me he didn't want to go to heaven. I said, why do you want to not go to heaven? I mean, let me hear this logic. And he said, well, I don't want to go to heaven because, I mean, you're just sitting around on a cloud all day playing a harp. I said, seriously, you believe that? I said, where did you get that stupid thinking? Well, it's what it is. I heard a preacher talk about it one time. And I said, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot idiot if that's what you think you're going to die the next thing you know you're just like the cartoon character sitting on a cloud playing a harp i said you're an idiot you need to find out what heaven is and buddy and i said well then why what's the option and he said well we'll go to hell and i said well what's in hell for you so we're gonna party down in hell and i said you're even a bigger idiot than i thought <laughs> What do you think? There's free drugs and alcohol and I mean cocaine is free in hell? I mean, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. You are, you, you're you you so how did this get in your brain? I mean, I was dumbfounded talking to this guy. And do you know that I spent an over an hour talking to him and never convinced him any different? He stuck with it. And I said, You're not it's based on nothing. You're not even You're not even based on truth of the word. You're not based on anything. You just listen to a stupid song. You're based off whoever it was, Ozzy Osbourne or whoever sang that song. I'm like, man, dude, just go look around. Did it work out for him good? My point is, folks, heaven is real. And this Christian life we're walking, it's real. And you've got to have these self-evident truths in your life so that as things get crazier, you're okay. You can still function and still move forward. You can still go and you can still go forward and tell people and bless people and say, hey, how are you doing? I got to say one more thing, okay? And I'm not bragging on myself because this is just something of an observance. I had to go have a, a little surgery done on my eye. And so I went to go into San Antonio, uh, didn't know the place, didn't know the doctors, didn't know nothing. I went in this, walked into the waiting room and it's crowded. Man, it's full. It's first thing I observed, first thing I said to myself is, why do they make so many appointments more than the chairs they have? <clears throat> so that was my first criticism. So anyway, I get in there, and so, you know, there's, there were some older people in there. Not that I can consider myself younger, but I'm not to the place where I have to have a chair. And so uh, I, I was standing up, and then a chair came available, and so I went and sat down. And so I'm sitting in the chair, and a person older than me comes in. So the lady goes up there and she's got her husband with her. And so I stood up because it's the right thing to do. It's the way my daddy raised me, right? And I stood up and I told the lady, I said, ma'am, I said, you know, you can have my chair. And the lady looked so shocked. Now, this is so pretty simple, right? Any one of y'all sitting in here would have done the same thing, okay? Any one of y'all. It's not like this is something big. The lady was so shocked, she stepped back and she touched my arm, grabbed my arm, and she said, oh, son, I don't know when I have seen chivalry like that in years. (laughs) And I was like, has the world gone to so much that some person wouldn't just do the right things? Just an older lady, she ain't going to be able to stand there. And she was blown away, shocked. Like I had given her $100,000. And I began to sit there and say, God, has the world gone to pot so much that this is the way it is? This is the way humans treat humans? All I'm telling you is a simple little act of kindness it goes a long ways. And people, we look at each other and we, 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 you know, just the things that we know are good and honest and decent and the right things to do. But listen to me, when you do them out in the world where they don't get to see that, it makes a big impact. It makes a huge, big impact. And so what I'm saying to you is you got it. You already have some self-evident truths in life, a bunch of them. But just don't let them get beaten down and taken off. Maybe it's time to polish them up. Time to get the old brasso out. Work on it a little bit. Just don't get that stuff on your hands. (laughs) Anywho, stand up. I just knew I could do all 10 of these points today. Listen to me, church. Everybody out there listening, watching. Man, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got to get that self-evident truth in your life. Jesus can save you. He can deliver you. He can make heaven your home. He can set you on a course and a pathway in life that's going to bring you victory. And so... Right wherever you are, if you'll just call out upon the name of Jesus, you just pray and ask Jesus to come in your heart, he'll touch you right where you are. Right there you can be saved. Right there the Spirit of God can come to live on the inside of you. For those of you in here, and let me have my prayer team come down, please. Uh, and those of you in here, if you're uh, here today and you're not sure that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're not sure that you're right with God, Well, we've got people to pray with you right here. And you can get that self-evident truth in your life and know that you know that you know that you know. Hello? You can know that you know that you know that you know that heaven is your home because you've made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Amen? So I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to bless you today. The prayer team's here for you. And you're going to go out and be the light, bright and shining light in this world. Amen? So, Father, I just declare over each and every one here, I ask you to bless them, Lord God. As we go from this building, as we go out into this world, let us be bright and shining lights, Lord. Let us have these self-evident truths so strongly in our lives that everywhere we go and every place we 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 visit, Lord, that it it literally changes people's lives because they see the light and the glory of God coming out of us. Lord, let us be blessings everywhere we go. Bless the people, those that are hoodwinked, those that, are that, that, Lord, are troubled today, and the enemy is just speaking to them lies. I think that that chains and yokes are broken. I declare today they can see things clearly, and they're going to walk in victory. And so, Lord, bless them. Bless them, bless them, bless them this day in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.